The following program, Commercial Real Estate Show, is paid for in full by Commercial Association of Realtors, Wisconsin. The advice and opinions expressed during the Commercial Real Estate Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Commercial Real Estate Show, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Tracy Johnson. This show features experts who share quick insights and information on some of the commercial real estate trends and opportunities here in Wisconsin. Today, we're going to discuss retail and investment real estate in Southeast Wisconsin. Retail real estate is the most visible asset class that the average person has access to on a daily basis. Thriving retail real estate is vital for communities and serves as economic drivers. Often these assets are in prime locations. We're here today with Kevin Schmolt, Managing Director for Newmark in Wisconsin. Kevin focuses on investment sales and retail leases, working with both tenants and landlords. Kevin, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me, Tracy. Kevin, you work in the retail and investment sales space. For those listeners who don't know exactly what that is, please give us a sense of what types of real estate and properties this includes. Yeah, that's a great question. It comes up every time that we're out to uh, dinner with friends or family. I'm a sort of boring person, but I tend to be one of the most popular people in the room at a, a gathering because everything that we do involves storefronts. So if it has a storefront, if you eat there, if you visit your doctor at a retail shopping center, when you're grocery shopping, when you're at a restaurant or picking up your coffee, that is the line of work that I'm involved with. And uh, it's my day-to-day life as a retail broker here in Wisconsin. Well, and this includes, you mentioned these these offices, but but also strip centers and malls. Malls are, are a big issue here in Wisconsin. Southeast Wisconsin used to have a number of major malls. I think it was six or seven, but that number is quickly shrinking. Why is that, and what do communities do with those well-located real estate assets? Yeah, it's so interesting. So when people hear retail broker, they often ask, you know, oh, are you involved with Mayfair Mall or Brookfield Square Mall? And quite frankly, I'm, I'm not. I haven't been as involved with some of the interior malls as some people might expect. But, you know, you bring up an interesting topic, which is the evolution of malls. And here in Milwaukee, you know, there's a lot going on. You know, for example, at Southridge Mall, Greendale is in the midst of a, a major redevelopment for mixed use. You see things happening on the outlot. By example, DSW uh, is now, you know, that footprint will now be transformed for fast food restaurants, including uh, Raising Cane's. I think it was just this week that formerly the city of Racine approved a $39 million TIF to reposition Regency Mall, which will be anchored by a grocer. Uh, Mayfair Mall is a project that was uh, that we were involved in. I was involved last year in selling the former Boston store to the uh, happened to be the city of Wauwatosa who purchased uh, the property and is now in sort of a visioning session for what to do uh, with that asset, which was likely to become mixed use housing, retail, and other other commercial uses. And even Northridge Mall, which has been the uh, the topic of discussion and many mm-hmm. headlines recently, dormant for 20 years, is now being proposed for repositioning for industrial and warehouse. So we're seeing malls transition. And what I think is interesting is, you know, my son, he's six years old, and around the dinner table, as a retail broker would, we were discussing the news of Northridge. And we had to explain to my six-year-old son what an interior mall is or what an interior mall was. It's just not something that he has really participated with, mm-hmm. yet for all other forms of retail, be it shopping centers, the grocery store, the veterinary clinic, or his Taekwondo, there's hardly a day in the week that he doesn't go to a, a retail shopping center. 
So you mentioned shopping centers now. These are well-located, highly visible. What are you seeing in this space, both from a tenant mix and a valuation perspective? Yeah, it's a, it's a great time and a challenging time to be in the industry as a broker. I would say my greatest challenge right now is a lack of vacancy, and that's because of some of the trends that we are all a part of as a consumer. You know, shopping centers or strip malls, as many refer to them as, used to be home to nail salons and restaurants and other types of uh, more retail-specific uses, where now our family is going to shopping centers to visit the vet, to visit the gym, for some other type of professional service. And the shopping center market has really evolved. Uh, A few years ago where it was common to see four lease signs in the windows at most shopping centers, I think if you were to look to your left or look to your right on the way to or from your office or about your daily life, you're not going to see many signs in the windows uh, with spaces for lease. So in other words, people are either extending their leases when the leases come due or there's just a high demand because of the visibility and the the well-positioned nature of these different assets. Yeah, I think it's both. And I would add to that, it's also a lack of supply, given Mm -hmm. some challenges that we face relative to construction costs and interest rates and, quite frankly, the lack of uh, well-located, developable sites. We're not building much retail today as it relates to shopping centers and strip centers. So it's a lack of supply and it's also an increase in demand where you saw dentists primarily focused on medical office buildings in the past. Many now prefer to have a storefront for the benefits of visibility and ease of access directly from the parking lot. So we've got some pressure from both the supply and the demand side. Well, and what's great about, you know, the the, the nature of, you know, going to a dentist or going to the to the gym in a in a strip center is not only the signage and the visibility, but your uh, your ability to go to one place, you know, and, and just take care of everything uh, at one time rather than, you know, at a mall, it's really focused on more of a retail experience. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a benefit to the co-tenants as well when we're working with landlords and trying to develop a tenant mix. In the past, a landlord might have been adverse or hesitant to rent to a dentist. And their fears may have included the fact that that medical office isn't open on nights and weekends and, you know, dark storefronts aren't necessarily... Uh, a positive attribute for a shopping center. Now, a landlord, most landlords view a medical practitioner as a benefit because they drive a different type of traffic. They're driving traffic during the day part, during the weekdays, when a nail salon might not be quite as busy, but a optician is bringing in dozens of clients per day. After the break, Kevin, we'll discuss how retail real estate has changed since COVID and what retailers you might see coming to a corner near you. I'm Tracy Johnson in with Kevin Schmolt, Managing Director for Newmark on the Commercial Real Estate Show here on WTMJ. Welcome back. We're discussing retail investment real estate with Kevin Schmolt with Newmark here in Wisconsin. Kevin, uh, we hear a lot about retailers closing, like Bed Bath & Beyond just made an announcement. What happens to all of those stores? Well, Tracy, in the past, when the headline read, you know, best, you know Bed Bath & Beyond is closing, that was perceived as bad news by an investor or by a landlord. Today, it's not necessarily good news because it comes with time and expense, but it's really viewed more so as an opportunity. The existing tenant was likely in place for many years, and it's 
pretty likely that their rent was below market. So a landlord has a new opportunity to adjust the rents, increase their pro forma to reflect modern and current rates. And they're probably going to have a long list of tenants to choose from, given the scarcity of space. Yeah, you mentioned that supply and demand uh, being a force uh, earlier. So now that COVID is behind us and you're kind of looking at all the changes that came as a result of COVID, talk a little bit about what you saw there. Yeah, I would say it's a shift or an acceleration towards neighborhoods and people maybe staying closer to home uh, more frequently, more days during the week. We've seen, for example, suburban restaurants who most commonly and historically had stronger nights and weekends who are now experiencing a surge of traffic during their day part, you know, more tables filled during lunch. And I think that's because some people are working from home permanently, some people are working from home flexibly, and they want to leave the kitchen table or their home office to have an experience uh, in their community. What about hours? I, I noticed that in my neighborhood, some retailers have really changed their hours. Yeah, the whole dynamic is shift, and it's in large part due to just consumer trends. If you're not going to the office first thing in the morning, maybe you're not going to the gym at six in the morning, but you're going to the gym over lunch. So we're seeing a shift in uh, participation and hours in every business category. Well, and even e-commerce was probably accelerated uh, as well during that time. So speaking of which, what types of new formats are you seeing, whether it's the way that uh, restaurants or stores are laid out, or externally, what are some of the features? Well, if you're an investor and you own a shopping center, you're always looking for ways to add value. And as we've discussed, most of your storefronts are filled. So one opportunity that many landlords are capitalizing on is demand from outlet users. Outlots that may not have existed, uh, large parking fields that other than you know Thanksgiving and Christmas or the holidays go unfilled are now being utilized by other forms of occupancy. For example, a car wash or a coffee shop is taking that corner of the parking lot that's you know rarely filled with vehicles. Kevin, what types uh, you know of those new retailers? You mentioned car washes. Uh, new retailers or retail uses are you now seeing in the market, whether it was driven by COVID or not? Well, I thought Hakan Hare of Founders 3 Real Estate said it best at a recent market forecast. He characterized some of the activity in our market as the three C's, and that's chicken, car washes, and coffee. Uh, chicken obviously being restaurants like Chick- Chick-fil-A and more recently Raising Cane's, which everyone is pretty excited about. Obviously car washes, which we've discussed, which aren't like the car washes you've seen in the past of you know self-service, fully automatic. These are tunnel-style, membership-driven car washes. And then coffee as well. I represent a group called Seven Brew Coffee, who's drive-through only, uh, expanding throughout the country, but opening up dozens uh, here in Wisconsin. Their first location is opening up next week in Brookfield, and it will be coffee like you've never seen in our market in terms of speed and efficiency. It's drive-through only. There's no interior dining. It's customer service forward. But the goal of their concept and others in their category is to get you in and get you out quickly. Well, and that's interesting with the drive-throughs. I mean, that also impacts the staffing ratios and the hours and, and all kinds of other things that you can't do when you don't have a drive-through. So, I mean, drive-throughs are mandatory right now, aren't they? They are. And some municipalities have historically been adverse to drive-through uses, mm-hmm. and many have now recognized the shift in demand from the consumer and the shift in trends in the industry and are more flexible in approving drive-through concepts in their communities. Great. Uh, so, you now speaking of chicken, speaking of car washes, speaking of all these kind of different restaurants and and even retail types, who are you seeing that is expanding in Southeast Wisconsin? Anyone nationally that we can get our our arms around? 
I think people are most excited about, I guess to choose one, I would say Raising Cane's. Okay. Uh, it's a chicken finger concept that's popular in other regions that people uh, get very excited about. Their competitor as well, uh, Chick-fil-A, also expanding. Interesting to look at their uh, first drive through only concept in Glendale mm-hmm. that seems to be off to a just a wild success. And I'm sure you'll see more drive through only concepts uh, from both Raising Cane's and Chick-fil-A. What about any you know soft goods retailers? I would say it's a category that's a little bit slower right now. It's still a category where there's demand and there's interest, but it pales in comparison to what we've seen from quick service restaurants, drive-through uses, and outlet users. Are you seeing regional and local retailers taking up space, or is this really being driven by national credit tenants? It's all categories. It's uh, and I wouldn't. I would add to that list franchisees mm-hmm. as well, which you know is also a locally owned business. We're seeing it across all segments. We're seeing. Uh, an interesting amount of private practices leaving, uh, you know, major healthcare systems to open up sure. in storefronts. We're seeing franchisees uh, with a willingness and a wanting to expand, and some frustration for a lack of available space. We're seeing new to market concepts, both you know, national and franchise. It's uh, it's going to be exciting, and that's why you know, conversations around the dinner table amongst friends are uh, increasingly um, focused on on me. Yes, I, I love that. And, and opportunity. You're so optimistic. So final thoughts, Kevin. Uh, thoughts for those who are maybe looking to invest in retail real estate or lease a space? I would say if you're interested in investing in shopping centers, uh, it's welcomed, but you might be a little bit late. Uh, it's a an asset class that many are focused on right now, and uh, we'd love to help you with that. If you're a tenant who's interested in, in expanding, uh, I welcome your enthusiasm, and we are certainly a part of many. However, uh, patience is a virtue. Spaces that we're leasing are oftentimes filled by another tenant. You're not going to see many for lease signs. And the key to finding new opportunities is developing good relationships with brokers who are aware of landlords who are looking to transition the space. That's great final thoughts. Thank you, Kevin Schmolt, Managing Director for Newmark here in Wisconsin. And thank you to everyone for being with us today. I'm Tracy Johnson on the Commercial Real Estate Show. For more information and market insights, visit carw.com.